I'm just guessing okay. what it's going to mean from context, but sure. Our topic today, fire. It's in RPGs, and it's fine. This is fine. Discuss. Everything is fine. Well, welcome to Flail Forward, where our dumpster fire is more on fire than usual this week. That was Rob. Hi. I'm Sabrina, saving the your co-host for this week. Apparently. Uh, I'm Kevor. I, I exist usually, kind of. Well, you don't not exist. Did Mark leave? Yeah, yeah uh, unfortunately, yes. Oh. Yes, partners, sick, apparently. Oh, so, yeah, it's up. one of those things that it, it's something that you gotta do. Also, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I didn't see that. All right, now I see it. Uh, that was, uh, well, here we go. Fire in RPGs and podcasts. Do we put it out or do we just let it burn? I say let it burn. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, has anyone here set an RPG book on fire? Technically, yes. Not on purpose. Okay. No, I've not. Not a book. Okay. Well, that's the most literal <laughs> interpretation of fire. RPGs. Now, well, we what do you mean by that? now we can move on to less little literal interpretations. I mean, RPGs. Hmm? Right. Okay, what do we mean by fire RPGs? Cavoir, you came up with a topic. What the hell are you talking about? I am talking about how... Uh, how should I phrase this? How, uh, this this was... Uh, this came up because we are talking about uh, esoteric and multiple interpretations of things and uh, how there are, some, there are some phrases that are resonant but are resonant in different ways. And I was thinking about all the different ways having like RPGs model fire in and a lot of them have it as some type of significance but uh, how they relate to it and because fire is one of those things that has is a symbol that means a million things etc that that was the entire basis of my thought mm. i'm looking down at the journal the the my, my esoteric journal that i wrote in about an hour ago mm -hmm. says uh, the path to resolution is yours to blaze. Mm -hmm. So. That's a metal line. Yep. And I got yep. that from a lawyer's letter. Huh. Fun. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a good lawyer. Uh, so. You're a very bad lawyer. It was it, it it was a lawyer going after an insurance company to pay our bills. So that's 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 funny to me. That's anyway, fair. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so yes, what does that what does that mean? Fire. What is the, what is the nature of fire? It is clearing. Uh, it is uh, painful. It is uh, hot and energetic. How close you are to it. It can be warm and cozy, especially on a winter day. It can be comforting. It can be the bringing life, for example, or it can be bringing death. It's very open, but it's usually energetic. Right. Usually. And I found that not necessarily in a lot of games, per se, but a lot of settings seem to 
either do a sort of fire magic or association of fire or warmth with community or loneliness. Um, the Long Dark being a video game that you rarely build fire and it's a precious resource compared to Firewatch being about mm. relationships that this person is avoiding in the main game, going around while he's walking around and dealing with giant forest fires, um, civilized throughout the art style a lot. But I think that in RPGs, most of them, Apocalypse World being an exception, I think at least with the Waterbearer uh, playbook, don't seem to emphasize community as much, but that's shifting, um, at least as a focus. So you're, you're interpreting community of fire through a communal lens mm. of how fire adds to the community by showing us each other, one, right? Literally lighting our faces. Uh, two, uh, contributing to our warmth while we're separate from each other, right? Because normally we huddle for warmth, right? But without with fire, we don't need to. And uh, then we have the food and the cooking aspect, right? Communal eating is a very old and sacred human activity. It all brings us together. Yep, that's all. Those are all baked into that. Yeah, I see that. Uh, and then we got the uh, the alternative of fire. The cat was mentioning is the destructive coming through and uh, uh, setting things alight. Or perhaps if you can wield the fire, then you can direct you know your will towards uh, action in the world. You know, another one that stands out a lot is like the one you'd said about like being able to see each other. It's not just each other. You can also light the darkness and the things that you're scared of. That is the unknown. Like fire is all often the kind of thing that it's shown in a lot of games as the concept of this is what lets you see the unknown. But and this can provide comfort, but it can also provide uh, a lot of risk as well. If you look at something like um, Amnesia, The Dark Descent, that was like video game, but they did a really good job of dealing with you need light to keep yourself from going insane in the darkness. But at the same time, if you have the light, the monsters can see you. And you can see them. <laughs> But you know, yeah. at least that but makes it easier to dodge. Yeah, it's like fire always seems to have this give and take that most of the other elements usually aren't considered for having that. Like, you can have fire that can be healing, but it's like, okay, we've cauterized the wound, but that hurt like hell, yeah. and it's caused damage in the process. But at least you're probably not going to be infected and the bleeding has stopped. Right, right, right. Well, I can think of uh, this interesting, what came up for me just now is a specific example of a mechanic in RPG of, uh, invoking fire. Uh, but it does it, interestingly, at the metaphorical level, uh, kind of. Uh, and that's in Vampire, uh, the Masquerade, where you have this thing called the Retshrek, which is the, uh, the, the vampiric fear of fire, where if you're confronted with flame, then you have to make a, essentially a fear save. Uh, in order to not freak out and uh, start crawling up the walls or, uh, you know, using, what, doing whatever you can to either hide from or get away from the fire or attack the wielder or something like that. Um, and I think the lower your humanity was, like, the 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 smaller a flame it took to, to mess with you. So, like, at the point of humanity one, like a torch or a candle would do it. Um, I think that's what I call it. Anyway, but that was talking about, like, 
fire as sort of the earthbound surrogate of the sun, right? Like the humans wielded in the dark to kind of keep, like you were saying, cat the darkness at bay and show us the things in the dark and uh, uh, vampires being sort of the uh, children of the night, mm-hmm. so to speak, uh, flee from fire and... Uh, with wolves. Huh? Oh, that's what Dracula says in the thing. With, Listen yeah. to them, the children of the night, what sweet music they make. Yeah, that one. Uh, but that's what they call, right? Right? The, the, in the vampire book, like, I'm sure they called themselves the children of the night at some point. At least one of them. <laughs> at least one, one of them does. does. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you know, that being the case, uh, the sun being their their primo nemesis. Also, 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 to, to, also, I mean, it's not, it doesn't fully justify the reaction, but I do believe fire is one of the things that does aggravate damage to vampires in certain editions. Because, yeah. yeah. I, I will say that on the TV show for Vampire the Masquerade, I Wait, like wait. Kindred the Embraced. Are you, are you referencing Kindred the Embraced? I what actually like that show. Nineties show. Yes. On Fox. That yes. Was, that was that was a uh, start. No, I don't know who it started. But it was the dude. It was the dude who played the bald alien in the X Files. Was uh, one of the gangrel dudes, I think. Bruja. Mm-hmm. He was Bruja guy. Yeah, I actually like that show. And there's like a. Sure. I was going to point out there is actually a yeah. scene in it where it's sort of used as a tool where. They basically have a punishment for a vampire where they bring them up onto like the top of a skyscraper and they pull them out of a car trunk and they just hold them in place when the sun comes up as punishment. Hmm. Uh, by punishment, you mean uh, ritual murder. A form of yep. execution. Yeah. It was a form of execution, but it doesn't have to be an execution. You can just hold them out there for like a few seconds and then put them back in. No. I, I'm pretty sure in one of them it was like they only held them out for a bit until they were the guy was like begging to go back into the trunk. It was like oh, that's... I remember that being kind of vaguely. Yeah, Maybe. I only vaguely recall, but it's like I it's the kind of thing that it's like, okay, you've gotten a taste of sunlight and you have definitely learned humility. Like you're begging and groveling to live at this point. It's like, okay, we'll let you live, but you're never going to be considered, you know, respectable again at this point. But it was an interesting use of sun and fire in that context. Right. Having not heard of that show, that's fascinating. Um, and a lot of post, but, post, post, post-apocalyptic games use that sort of motif, I think. Uh, Darkest Dungeon or Torchbearer, yeah. having you know torches or fireplaces or campfires, yeah. having various mechanical benefits. But the dark having a lot more risk reward. The fact that sorry, I I I'm trying to get over the fact that the the people actually watched the Kindred the Embrace show and it existed. <laughs> I didn't even know about uh, 
Vampire the Masquerade at the time it was on. I did not know it was based on a game. I just liked the show. Oh. <laughs> Catrice, you were terrifying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing that terrifies you about Catrice of all things. Yep. Oh, of them. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, oh god. Okay. So yeah. Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. That's a point. It is my fault. None of us can do anything about that. Yep. I mean That's correct. the the two main associations that come to mind, at least in the way that they're like printing fire esoterically, are a lot of games use some Phoenix Embergy of coming back from the dead, um, Phoenix Sorcery and D&D, Resurrection spells, usually involving some sort of fire. There's the Angelic Fire from ASMR, or, uh, which heart sort of inverts. There's a there's a game game called Phoenix Dawn Command, which is yes, a, that's which, where you where you where you only where you are a phoenix that is that die that you can only level up by dying, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, what you die in the process doing influences how you do that, and uh, you you yeah essentially you come back in a, in a you you go to something called the Crucible, where you're set on fire and then you come back and you're 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 more badass because. Uh, mm-hmm protected the empire with one of your lives right good for yeah. you yep Clap on I mean, the back. yep you're a good boy okay yep yep and uh but but it's a really cool game it's uh played with a hand of cards rather than oh okay so it comes with uh you, everybody has their own deck and um you sort of narrate your card plays mm-hmm. and uh do a deck building mini game as you when you level up so Pretty That's cool. Really I haven't, uh, haven't actually gotten to play it though. Yeah, me neither. It's one of those on your list, but you need to find people who want to play it with you at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those ones that I would want to take through. Like I would want a group that's committed to going for all seven levels, essentially. Oh, yeah. You know, because it it's the way it 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 uh, asks you to ramp up is pretty engaging. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it it sounds like a cool game to run uh, and i have a copy but i don't uh need to i need to get a group together that's yeah that's been i mean that's a brain enemy <laughs> i don't know what i'd be liking in our future you found for people miserable no i'm kidding it would be no i need it's one of those and one of the ones i want to do in person because it's, the, oh, it's yeah. the, the tactile nature of the cards mm-hmm. is uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think that with what you're saying about the way that, hmm. I guess it's just. There are other games. I just got Mazes in the mail, which looks, which uh, is of the games I've gotten in the last year. I'd say it's the one that is most readily inviting to run. It's 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 really well written mm-hmm. uh, for one, and uh, the mechanics are re- like beautifully elegant, or like they're almost too simple, but they they it's it encompasses. It's it's really close to ashes in some ways, and w- in the ways that it cuts out a lot of uh, narrative detail from the selection process, and sort of gives you a template to build your own uh, thing a little bit more. And um, it, it, the, the actions are very broad. It's sort of um, 
it, but what I really like about it is it has the classes have a nice uh, mechanical asymmetry in that you only ever roll one die and it's either a D4, D6, D8, or D10. And the attributes uh, succeed on different values. So there's four attributes, book, boots, blade, and bone. And uh, so like, for example, book only succeeds on two to threes. So if you're rolling a D4, you're succeeding 50% of the time. And also ones are like an auto success that gives you something else. And then fours uh, have a special, or like you're the maximum of your die has a special uh, thing to it based on the current mood, essentially, which is bright, twilight, or dark. Uh, and uh, so, so the mechanics of that are such that uh, other characters can, the, your die type influences what actions you're good at, but it, it carries through the rest of your character. It's, it's fascinating that, that, that you never roll different dice, but everybody rolls different dice. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's some... So anyway, but why I bring that up? Sorry, there was a reason for that. Uses, no, no, no. It uses uh, a five-pointed elemental magic, uh, which is... I'm going to recite this from memory, so bear with me. Uh, which is, it's basically uh, sky, earth, ocean, fire, night. Uh, and it's called from forge. Forge is fire. And that governs, um, like, uh, blade rolls, so fighting. Uh, it governs uh, actually doing anything with fire, warming things, stuff like that. Um, but it was it was interesting in that it was, uh, it's because there's only five categories of magic in the game, uh, each one of those covers all of the literal and metaphorical things that that, thing represents. So like night allows you to manipulate, uh, do necromancy and manipulate the summon skeletons and stuff like that. Um, sky allows you to do stuff with gases and shoot lightning. Uh, earth does protective things and, and heals. Uh, water does like flexibility and, and movement and emotional depth. Uh, one more. Anyway. Uh, so so, so it's interesting in that game. So that was the game I got recently that it, 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 it uh, also is an example of this sort of like broad, mm, a, a broad definitional use of how the characters wield fire. Right. I think just to add on to that and a stream of undercurrent that's come to mind is a lot of the hobby, be it, I just don't know, like design principles and philosophies for play are shoving to this concept that, like, metaphorically speaking, players are bringing their own fires of, like, into the game in a way, like, be it their baggage, or does this concept inspire that your characters, you know, you're probably going to die. Uh, the exact line in the book is, um, so burn bright as best you can, try to make a difference. And a lot of general language or attitude, it feels like, be it like within the last few years or with how people play games, this is a concept that, you know, you need to bring energy and passion to what you do, either running, engaging, playing, designing. Uh, you need to be able to like spark creativity in each other, um, you know, find genuine joy and energy in the room if you're playing in person. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we think about some of the conversations from last week, there's a kind of mental esoteric landscape that comes to mind, which is 
some RPG tables or when you're working or thinking about RPGs can feel like you're the Dark Souls style, you're blown into a crate of fire in your hands, and sometimes it'll go out and it won't work. Sometimes uh-huh. it'll get bigger, and sometimes it'll just stay a certain size, and you want to make it bigger, and it doesn't really happen. <laughs> but just a weird esoteric mental image. It's been in my head a, a few a few weeks, and it just comes to mind when it seems I like... I always feel like there should be like another category where it turns out that like you wanted to keep it the same size, but it was the box was filled with like lithium ion batteries and you're like, Oh God, stop, 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 stop. Yep. Yep. A lot of it. Yeah. That's very relatable. Yep. I'm just thinking about, uh, I know there, I don't, I can only think of the two examples and one of them is D and D, but fire is the element that goes out of control. The easiest, uh, is something that I kept that I think is a recurring thing that, like recurring motif mm-hmm. uh, for games that have multiple elemental options, but trying to think of more examples. Uh, Everway Everway has fire as an attribute, and that governs pretty much all that stuff. So, like, it's mm-hmm. it's your stir, it's your uh, passion, it's your like like your charisma. Uh, it's... Of all of the different physical elements, it makes the most sense though, because like water does not create more water earth does not tend to create more earth unless you count like volcanoes air does not tend to create more air and then you can have other ones like metal or you know various magics and such but they all tend to have like a limitation on them fire tends to make more of itself until it runs out of stuff to make into more fire right (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly right it's consumptive right in that way where it will, uh, so like for, from Everway, uh, fire measures the vitality, force, curve, speed, and daring. So uh, they're heroes with a strong fire score, energetic, and capable of physical activities. Right. So that's 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 how that's how uh, Everway is a game that you are, again you only have four attributes and it's the four elements: air, earth, fire, and water. Um, and you have. Um, they govern everything about your character, and they're static numbers, so you don't roll dice. You uh, generally just compare them, and if they're the GM decides that that's you have enough thing, you just succeed at your thing. And if it's a if it's a case where there's going to be a test, then it's a card draw, and it's an interpretive card draw at that. So it's uh, kind of an interesting interesting mm-hmm. game. Right, and then you can have conversation about interpretations there. So uh, here's a question uh, that's like just to just to get a bit more of the the second degree of literalism uh, out of the way. No, I felt I feel like talking. I feel like this is a topic that is innately kind of worth talking about. How many RPGs you know uh, actually model fire uh, exploding or expanding? Because uh, GURPS. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Watsy certainly encourages you to, to narrate it that way, but like it doesn't have explicit mechanics on it. But... No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, GURPS does have spread rates, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't... From what I played of Shadowrun, fire isn't something that's used much. 
Yeah. More yeah. electronics. I mean, unless you have a, a guy that just loves flamethrowers and then fires <laughs> all the time. This is true, but then you might just hit an ex explosive barrel by mistake if you don't aim your shot in a room you oh, can't yeah. see in, as you do. Yep, 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 the explosive barrels that every corporation keeps in their hallway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that other 50 cal drones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sneak out to the washroom for five seconds and come back to 50 cal drones. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were discussing uh, game uh, how often games narrate like fire spreading nature is like part mm. of how we envision it, but how, how games actually want you to model that in right. their fire theme things. It's like right. Well, like I can think of one game that seriously encourages, and of course, GURPS has fire spreading the world, but yep. But, uh... Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, this is an RPG, but it's kind of close. Mm -hmm. Fantasy Flight Mansions of Madness has a scenario that's all about fire being spready and your worst enemy. So that, mm. and I, I recall that because that scenario fucking sucks ass. <laughs> and anybody who plays the game will tell you the same thing. <laughs> that scenario blows. It's such a pain. Right. Um, it, sorry. That <laughs> just no, no, I, 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 very I, strongly. <laughs> I think it's interesting, but there's also a strong point that comes to mind, which is in most games certain elemental abilities are discouraged because they're unpredictable. But uh -huh. That's also, like, for example, um, Shatter in D&D is not fire, but it's an example that because it can do structure damage and it makes a shit ton of noise, you can in theory collapse a building on someone, but you're basically telegraphing where you are, so no, almost, almost nobody ever, ever uses it. Fireball mm -hmm. is iconic, but if you think about it, it usually doesn't spread past that point unless a GM wants to do right. that. I mean, it spreads past points that you want it to. I didn't <laughs> ask how large the room is. I said I cast fireball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you have... Uh, but there's this weird situation where I think RPGs, not all RPGs, but some RPGs stumble into this problem where they have a lot of themes of elemental abilities or faith or like astrology or that sort of thing. And they try to make it too predictable, um, which kind of takes away from the fun or the mm. the sort of point of it. Yep. Like I think the well, the game Firewatch comes to mind because its theme is about you know someone escaping their relationships and the the fires that go on in the forest. So what symbolize the problems that they're having in life? But by the end of that game, you have this question of did these two main characters start this giant fire or start? Uh, in the end, you're walking through like multiple hiking camps of smoke and talking with this person on the radio that you've been for months and freak out, so what are we going to do when this is over? And I think that a lot of games will use fire as an aesthetic, but not necessarily as a narrative tool in the sense of, you know, conflicts will blow up or happen, but the aftermath or that, the, the smoke rising period, so to speak, may not happen, which is kind of a shame to me. <laughs> like, we in stories you have this concept of the climax and the you know the the falling action so to speak but it's not a linear process mm -hmm. mm. yep 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 i am all i too am interested in that that smoke clearing aftermath mm -hmm. in fact i wrote a game about the ashes weird <laughs> i mean how 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 did you handle fire and ashes because from reading it it was a lot of aesthetic choices and the way that you're having people 
you mentioned last week building cultures of play and that can be seen as you know you're building a ritual space and the sort of communal idea that uh, way yeah but, i mean fire in the game it did it does, it does have a literal there is a there is a fire arcana mm-hmm. fire arcana uh that comes with all of that all of that baggage um but that one's more about the arcana itself is more about manipulating thermal energy and not and not the the esoteric part comes out with how your the community you're part of interprets that symbol mm-hmm. and then what they do with it right so that that's that so what they do with it, it entails like what what it symbolizes to them right so if they're if they're if you choose decide that you're you know you wield your arcana and the main thing you do was like care for people let's say uh then to you the pyre arcana would symbolize uh that warmth that community that all that stuff and it wouldn't maybe you would not have access to the destructive qualities of it right right because it didn't symbolize that for you and that would be the thing that your community excluded so uh in, in that in that way uh because because every symbol inherently contains its antithesis or its or its alternate interpretation uh you that that's something that is sort of baked in right. uh, unintended at, at, <laughs> at that level um right. yeah so that, that's how i that's that's how i use it the, like mm-hmm. the specific fire uh other than that, like most, a lot of the game it has to do with motive force, just as mm. as a thing. So that's mm. that's not. I guess that is addressed as symbolic fire. Mm. Right. Yeah. I think that's that's part of the fun's interesting because the way that you frame that with like you have this element, but you mean not to the other, is fun because you can. There's a narrative path of loss or potential being there, that either may not be possible, may not be accepted. Because a lot of narratives about just you know, like narratives of storyline that we have about like fire or Icarus getting close to the sun is this idea that if you get too close, it'll burn you, so to speak. And there's a situation where you can invert that or you could almost you could dig deeper with that in a way. Um like, you know, if a character gets burned, if they die, okay, they're dead. So what? Um, you know, like if, if they if they did this terrible thing. Um, and betrayed people, you know, with what they're doing destructively. Then why did you know? Why does it matter? Or what's the what's the the community going to do against them? Hmm. There's there's the apo- I don't know, like the apocalypse themes and ashes you mentioned being very like there's this default setting, but I'm not entirely sure. And you have players customize that, but I'm not sure entirely if there's any particular elemental inspiration or lean towards that uh inspira- yeah inspiration generally like uh probably like western uh, not western it doesn't make sense to call it western it's originated in the middle east but uh what we interpret as like western hermeticism or you know western magic but it's so in 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 contrast to uh uh an eastern system for mm-hmm. example like that that sort of thing is i think i obliquely mentioned mentioned it a couple of times mm-hmm. in in certain parts like where where i was referencing you know the take whatever was taking place outside the sort of 
sideways Mediterranean area when that was yeah. default thing, but that's that's less in the forefront now. So yeah. I don't imagine I would. And since some of so so many of the meanings are very similar, like the consumptive, the the mm-hmm. all, all of the things that fire is, right? You can't get yeah. away from its essential qualities. Yeah. So that's going to be interpreted pretty much in very similar ways across many cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of odd things though, especially when you're talking about like elements and how elements are viewed by different cultures, because like there is like one thing that does seem odd to me is like the contrast between like fire and water, especially when it's dealing about like purification. Like you have sort of say the Warhammer 40k thing, like fire purifies, it cleanses the the unholy and the evil and stuff. And in that's true when you actually start thinking about it, because it's weird that a lot of cultures think about like water being purifying, but it's like, I mean, we wash with it, but water doesn't only really purifies other things by getting itself dirty. So it's taking the purification from something like whatever's the dirty thing and adding it to the water instead of where it was originally. But how do you purify water? Then you use fire to boil it or run it through like a charcoal filter. Oh, wait, that came from fire too. Yeah. (laughs) Or sand. That's how that's how cultures would purify water. Just yeah, it can use sand. Yeah, uh, that 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 works too. But I get I take your point. Yeah, the the point is though that like it's weird that both fire and water do have concepts of purification to them in like different cultures, and they're kind of at contrast with one another. Like usually, at least in the West, we tend to think of fire as more destructive rather than helpful but that actually feels like that's changing more in recent years like people viewing fire as more than just the obvious destructive nature but also like the warmth and the beneficial sides of fire like if anything you think we consider like the fire ice dichotomy where fire adds thermal energy ice removes thermal energy Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time we want things to be more energetic we want to bring more passion to things as you said Mm -hmm. previously but there is a point where there might be a little bit too much passion you might want to cool it down a bit yep (laughs) yeah that's yeah. And again, fire builds on itself. If you get a bunch of people that are all excited, eventually you get a riot. Or <laughs> one one more desirable than another. I, I lived in Los Angeles once, don't you? these people people will riot over very positive things like <laughs> sports winnings. Yeah, I also I also live in the same province as Vancouver. Anyway, right. <laughs> oh god. Then also, there's a I don't know. Just thinking about what you're saying with the pandemic. There's I don't know. It feels as though 
with what you're saying about people getting excited or passionate about things, it feels like either that's a lot harder or I'm trying to think about the right phrase because it feels as though in engaging with RPGs, there's you need more stuff to get a fire going at all in, in a slight metaphorical sense. Yeah, um, there, there's a lot more initial investment for doing RPGs. Like, if you're looking at it from somebody who's never played one, it's like, you look at D&D &D and it's like, okay, here's the player's manual. Here's the DM's guide. Here's the monster manual. Okay, yeah, we've just dumped like 600 pages on your lap to here's get started. It's like, um, here's having to look for a group and or just groups not firing at all. That's even if they have one. Yeah. Like, I've mentioned before the show, like, one of my artists that I've been working with has been like, yeah, they've never played an RPG. Like, they kind of wanted to, but they were looking at, like, D&D, &D and they're like, that, that's daunting. Like, it, it looks I mean, scary. Yeah. Pat, you it's have a 100-page book. I know! I know! You're and they're, they're interested in mine over D&D. &D. Right. Well... That's not hundred yet, but it probably will be. Right. Well, in, in fairness, it is very entertaining and also fascinating to see these small conversational fires of argumentation or difference yeah. that come up with either interpreting <laughs> rules or like, yeah, you you know, it doesn't really need to be so long, and it's it seems as though. I don't know, people don't get excited as much. Um, that's just me in my Gen Z brain thinking about. I think people I tend to get more excited about something that somebody is already excited yeah. about. Yeah. Like if if you see a game that somebody clearly is passionate about, they care about it. And you can tell that this is one of those labors of love. Other, it, it spreads like a fire too. Yeah, like people sure. will look at it and be like, "I see the passion that went into this, and it makes me passionate about it too." Whereas if it's something where it's like, "Yes, this is the very corporate application form," yes, yeah, application form for joining a gamer group is one. Yeah, or just yeah, there's just not quite that same. It doesn't have that same fire to it. Right, yeah. We're working with the metaphor anyway, why not? Yeah, well, like, there's a... Orally speaking, like, I haven't done many in-person games, but I have particular memories of the energy people would have at board game cafes, like, playing Magic the Gathering in person for the first time at one. And RPGs can have that, but it's not... It's not as there, or, like, it's someone I have friends I've known for a few years, and when we play, we have that energy. But it seems as though a lot of games or groups will try to front load it so that by the time the actual game starts, the play starts, or the, you know, let's get into it, it's kind of died down, and you can have more like mellow, chill games. But it seems as though the pacing of certain games or just the general flow of it can make it so, you know, by the time you're in the middle of it, the, the momentum is already gone <laughs> in its own way. 
Yeah, I, I think RPGs in general have a bit of an issue with that as well, just because there's typically a lot more to build up into it. And then there's also the issue of trying to do role-playing, especially in person. Many people find that to be embarrassing. Yeah. And it, once you're into it, you can keep going. But doing that for the first time, yeah, I feel it's typically the kind of thing that somebody gets like butterflies in their stomach kind of thing. Like, oh, I have to actually do what in front of other people that are watching? I mean, if they start doing it, it's not as bad. Like if the other people are getting into it, they're having a lot of fun, then, you know, you can build off that energy or find that it's really creepy as fuck. It's <laughs> individual, I guess. Yeah. But, but if it's like, if they're starting out mellow and it's a new player, they may just not get into that as easily. Right. Oh, no, just think about it now with what you're saying there's one habit that comes to mind is just my preference is you make you have session zero but you do characters together too and mm. that can help with the vibe better because there's a weird juxtaposition that comes to mind of a gm is like oh i'm gonna do this campaign start prep and it's gonna be ready on this date when it's like you could do it together or the whole gm or player prepares a giant thing and it's sort of yeah but we didn't get to see your passion there we just saw the end product and it may not really matter that much and that more comes from the way that games demand things from people or people will pour into something without fully thinking okay but how is this going to work in practicum yeah i think there's also an issue there with um different people have completely different setup types for that as well like some people will start with i just have like a neat idea i'm just gonna run with it i'm gonna go full stupid all the way with it and it's going to be amazing but they haven't planned out at all and then you'll have other players where it's like I don't know what I'm going to do yeah. and they just kind of panic for like two hours straight <laughs> so it, I can see why having people go at their own pace can be beneficial but it does mean that the characters are not necessarily as closely linked together so i almost feel like if you're going to do that you should probably advise players to try to keep in touch with the other players even if they're doing it separate from one another like it might even help for the gm to just be like okay i want to know what your characters are as you're coming up with them i'll help you along the way oh wait this character is actually similar to this other one or they yeah. have this linked aspect between them you might actually want to talk with this other player yeah. and get two in touch and then yeah you might work together kind of thing yeah i've done that as a player and my most recent game example being the first time i'm going to be doing an evil game and deciding that you know let's make a very queer character in a setting that doesn't allow for queer people and see how much we can twist the knife in terms of fuck the lore um but um reaching out to that player and us both getting excited about you know these two characters having this vibe and also as adventures being terrifying while not being maniacally evil is great 
but the framing of you have private channels for yourselves is kind of strange to me because it feels like the high school you walk your none of you other players are in the room right now but that also means that i don't know like the, the creativity there and spark that we ask is very drip feed it's not i don't know there's not much building off of each other and that's fine because people have jobs and lives and it's a different format it's not a voice game but it's still strange to me compared to like three to four hours a lot of excitement passion in the session or a game encourages that go okay uh, what was i gonna say um it's good to say i i probably wouldn't get much out of that uh uh because playing with other people in stupid ways is 90% of where the entertainment was for me. Yep. <laughs> I think it goes back to the the different types of fun thing. Like, some people are looking for different things out of game than others. Like, some are looking for the social interaction. And they'll do really well when... Uh, other people are there and that they can play off one another, other people that's not really the big draw for them like they want to be there with friends perhaps but they don't necessarily want to interact in that way I mean there's also some people are just more spontaneous than others another fiery trait like trying to get like a German and a British person to play together. Germans plan everything out in advance. It's just a cultural thing. The British people are like, fuck it, we'll figure it out when we get there. You have a story behind this? <laughs> no, it feels like a very there's a story. lot of stories behind that. <laughs> I mean, I've played with people like both of those people who weren't Germans or British, so I'm not sure how much the cultural thing attaches, but I get your point. Yeah. No, it's just, <laughs> there's people all over that'll do every variation that. It's just, those two cultures are very strictly in those categories. It is very yeah, well, uh, fun. Uh, I will say that the one British person I've, I've played with consistently uh, is probably one of the people I've played with who does more funding. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, hey, there's always exceptions to every rule. This is true. It's just a cultural trend, is all. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, not to mention the fires people light under their own or each other's asses, either in game or out of game. Anyway, uh, to tell what I want to say. Uh, Lasers. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh, oh God. What? Uh, what was it? There was something I wanted to say about lasers, but I'm not sure. Oh, right. Well, uh, I. It's back to the fire doesn't. Uh, fire is an aesthetic in, in a lot of RPGs. Um, trying to think of any system where the 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 heat laser actually starts a fire in it. <laughs> And oh wait, no, I know exactly one, at least one. Actually, several because of the because of what system I'm thinking of. 
pretty sure uh not sure how many of them have those rules but uh i know at least rogue the version of rogue trader i played <laughs> had fire on your spaceship rules which is that's not how physics works i don't well i guess it kind of yeah. is anyway but that, that was laser starting a, a fire ship uh, I, I forgot where I was going with this. Sorry, never mind. I think a lot of us are not sure where we're going with this, and that's okay. Yep. It sounds like we exhausted the topic because it was fiery and fast, and yeah. it burned itself out quickly. Yeah. Like, like, like the topic that it was. Yep. That's yes. Yep. Yep. But <laughs> sometimes that. That's fine. Sometimes that's a neurodiversity day. Sometimes you just have a lot of bunch of energy, then it's gone. <laughs> That's totally fine too. Yeah. I mean, it was we went in without really even knowing what the topic was for most. Like it was fire, and it's like okay, fire and what? What? Right. We'll figure it out when we get in there. We we, we didn't do the popular YouTube podcasting thing of people being in a very angry rage about something and then flame emoticons or flaming I, connotations. I, I'm mad about something. What do you mind if I'm, I'm mad about? Oh, it's a two hundred dollar box. I don't want to play. There, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad about a lot of things, but I, I don't do the yells type anchor. <laughs> anyway, this is fair. Anyway, what else? Uh, am I pissed about anything particular today? Uh, oh, fucking PHP admin. Uh, is, is 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 Jesus that? Trying to get to WordPress when one of your plugins eats shit, and uh, oh. and, and and it won't let you log into your admin portal because it ate shit so hard it, it doesn't want to. And, oh, uh, and then, right, and then you have to try and FTP into GoDaddy's fucking nightmare. Oh no! Oh, there, I'm mad about that. Yep. Fire. Yep. Fire. Yeah, I noticed you were using GoDaddy, and I was like, oh, I. I... I don't want to do you know, that. We're going to lock into a contract, uh, but like you know, there. Yeah, we really should. Thank you, Cat. I've been meaning to divest from them for some time. <laughs> yeah, I. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to end it. Yes. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, good night. It is night where you are. Fuck go, Daddy. Goodbye. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we have to. I didn't, I didn't actually cancel. I just left and didn't <laughs> the thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do this the right way now. Yes. Uh, clearly fires and oh, perfect, perfect memes, cat, fantastic. Yep. Anybody who is not on the Discord is now sadder for not having seen these. Uh, so I, I'm sorry for your lives. Mm -hmm. I you apologize. We joined the Discord. I, then. Yes, I brought yeah, some. Yeah, they actually improved things. Trust me. Yes. Cat has the best memes. That's what my wife said. Oh, uh, oh, she has I have to give her like all the updated yeah. ones. Did you hear the delighted squeal? Oh. I did not, but <laughs> anyway, good night, everybody. It's night where you are. Yes. <laughs>